been told I have an exact spot, not in front of the speakers and not too far back, so we'll see if I have achieved it. Um, so yeah, my name is Mark Ferran. Uh, I serve as a regional superintendent in the EFCA Central up here in Iowa and South Dakota, and I serve our churches in a variety of ways, uh, working with churches that are in transition, uh, with a whether pastors retire or move on, helping churches find new pastors, um, working with churches going through seasons of hardship, um, as well as working with churches that are branching out and planting new churches, as well as um, church planters. And just basically, I, I love serving our churches. Um, it's, it's a blessing to be able to do um, what we've been called to do. And so it's, it's great to be here today. Um, you guys have a wonderful pastor um, make sure when he gets back, you just tell him how much you appreciate him, um, because he's just, a, he's just a great guy, um, and I'm so excited for you guys that you have him and Samantha serving here. So, uh, I'm just, today we're going to be in Mark chapter 4, um, and while you're turning there, I'm just going to open us up with prayer again. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much, um, for your word. Your word um, speaks to us, it gives us life, and we just ask that today your word would come to life, and that you would just reveal the, the depths of our hearts to us, so that you can replace um, any fear and anxiety with a deeper faith and trust in you. We ask that we would just learn to trust you in a deeper way today, as we see you come alive in the scriptures. Uh, we just pray these things in the name of Jesus, Amen. Well, a large crowd has once again gathered. You've seen this many times. Jesus is beginning to teach. He's on the beach right now. It's pretty sandy. It's kind of on the side of a hill. And as Jesus begins to teach, people accumulate. And as they accumulate more and more and more, the side of the hill fills up. And then there's no more space. And so they begin to crowd onto the beach. And they get in closer and closer and closer till you can't really move around. And it's like one of those subways in, in Japan, you know, where no one can move. And Jesus is like, we have to get some more space here. And so Jesus looks around and he's, there's a boat. And so he goes and gets onto this boat. And you and the rest of the disciples get onto this boat with Jesus. And he spends the rest of the day teaching to this multitude of people who are on the side of this beach and hill. At the end of the day, after an entire day of teaching, he sends them away. He said, it's evening, you guys need to go home, get some food. And he turns around to you and the rest of the disciples. And he says, hey, we're going to be going across the sea to this town. You think you can handle that? And half the fishermen, you know, are disciples who have been fishermen their whole lives. They're like, yeah, we got this. He's like, okay, I'm just going to take a little nap. And Jesus lays down in the same spot he's been teaching from all day, and he falls asleep immediately. You and the rest of the disciples just sit on the boat, and a couple people kind of roaring, uh, rowing along, and you're just talking about the teaching from the day. What did it mean? You're just amazed with how much wisdom and knowledge comes out of your teacher. Well, as you guys are talking, the, the sun is now completely set, and it's dark. And slowly, you begin to feel this breeze pick up, and it gets a little bit stronger, and a little bit stronger, and pretty soon, it's no longer a breeze, it's wind. And you're glancing around, trying to pick out the, the faces 
of the disciples who are fishermen. And you can tell, a few of them are beginning to murmur some things to some other ones. You can tell they're concerned. The wind continues to get stronger and stronger. And now what used to kind of be choppy water is this full-out waves. And they're beginning to splash over the side of the boat. Your sandals are completely submerged in water. Then, boom! Lightning cracks across the sky and thunder just echoes out over the water. And with that downpour, now the boat is filling up really fast. The waves are getting bigger and bigger, and then all the fishermen in the boat are basically yelling out orders about, make sure it's turning this way to make sure you don't turn sideways in the storm and completely get swamped. You and several others have buckets, and you're just basically scooping out water as quickly as you can. But every wave that hits fills it more than you've emptied out. It was no longer just your, your sandals that are submerged in water. Then it was your shins. Then it was your knees. The boat is beginning to sink. You've been fighting in this storm, trying to scoop out water frantically for as long as you can remember. And all these people, other people are at the oars and you're trying to get it straight. And all of you and the rest of the disciples are exhausted. And the reality begins to set in that as you look at the amount of water coming in and how little you can get out, that this boat is going to sink. And in a storm like this, swimming to shore is very unlikely. And as you stand there and let the overwhelming nature of the moment settle in, you scan all of the other exhausted faces of the disciples. And as you scan the boat, you turn around and you look and you see Jesus, and he's asleep. And in that moment, you have this mixture of anger and amazement. Wow, I'm amazed he can stay asleep, but I'm also kind of mad he is asleep. And as you look around, you notice all the other disciples at the same time realize the same thing. Jesus is asleep. And you all just kind of stand there bewildered, staring at him to one of the more brave ones, walks over and actually shakes him. like, hey, Jesus, wake up. Don't you care about us? Don't you care that we're going to die? And with this, Jesus stands up. He looks at the weary disciples and then he looks out over the sea. And he just says, peace, be still. And the wind that is roaring ceases to be a breeze. And the waves that continually crash over the sides flatten out into these ripples that quickly dissipate. And the lightning and the thunder, and the rain is gone. And Jesus looks at you and the rest of the disciples and says, why were you so afraid? Have you still no faith? With this, one of the disciples leans over to you and tries to nonchalantly ask, who can do that? Who, who can calm a storm with his words? You see, you began the day with Jesus as your teacher. And now you've realized that the one who stands before you is the one who controls nature. 
the one who controls the wind and the waves. He might have began the day as your teacher, but now he's ending the day as your God. Our passage for today is Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. It says, On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with, with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with a great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I love when we think about the word of God actually visualizing what it would be like to be there. Because so often we can read through the word of God and not think about the emotion that all of the people who are witnessing this would have felt. This would have been a frightening near-death experience. And it can be so easy to read it and go, yeah, storm, they got Jesus, they're going to be okay. <laughs> I know the end of this. And just basically kind of not think about all of the things that would have gone on in these disciples' hearts and lives in this moment as they experience this. And so that's what we want to think about today is just through the perspective of a disciple being there with Jesus, why does God allow this to happen? Specifically, why does God allow storms and trials and hardships and not just big life-changing, life-altering near-death experiences, but the little ones that happen week in and week out, difficulties at work, relational struggles, those things that, that bring anxiety to the surface? Why does God allow these things? And what we'll see as we kind of walk through this passage is God allows these things to draw us into a deeper and more intimate faith in Him. And so let's ask the question, how does God do this? How does God use this storm in the life of the disciples to draw them into a deeper faith, a deeper and more intimate faith with Him? And so I want you to kind of go back to the beach where Jesus is teaching from. It's the end of the day, and Jesus is tired, and so he's like, we're going to go across to the other side of this sea. And you can imagine Jesus asking a bunch of fishermen, basically, who've grown up their whole life in a boat. It'd be like asking someone who's a multi-generation farmer, do you think you would know how to take care of this field? Like, I think I, got, I could write a book on this, okay? It's, it's been my whole life. I was born out on the water, you know? Like up north in Minnesota, all the ice skaters and all the people like that. It's like, my whole life I've been on ice skates. That's, they've been their whole life is being in a boat and fishing. And they're like, do you think you can handle getting us across this sea? And they're like, go to sleep. We, we got this, okay? And I want you to imagine if Jesus would have been awake. As they set out across the sea and the wind begins to pick up. And it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And Jesus is like, hey, disciples, I'm trying to sleep over here. That wind is a little bit noisy. 
and it's kind of blowing in my ear, making this howling sound. Can you, can you kind of calm the wind down a little bit? I'm like, well, no, we can't do that. <laughs> okay, okay. And then a little while later, the, 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 the wind is now picking up the water into waves. And it's crashing over the side. And Jesus is like, hey, <laughs> trying to sleep here, kind of getting wet. This is a little bit difficult. Do you think you can, you can calm the waves down just a little bit? I mean, not tons. And they're like, well, well no, we, we can't do that. Oh, okay. And then when it starts to rain and thunder and lightning, Jesus is like, wow, that's bright and loud. Do you think you could just kind of turn that off? Like, well, no, we can't do that. You see, as the disciples encountered the storm, it revealed to them how little they were actually in control of. At the beginning when they're leaving, like, can you get us across to the other side? (laughs) No problem. This is what we do. And now in the midst of it, they're like, wow, there are so many things outside of our control that we we can't do, and it's going to prevent us from getting there. You see, storms and trials and difficulties and hardships many times reveal to us how little control we actually have over situations. And in the same way, when Jesus does not step in immediately, but by staying asleep on the cushion, a progression begins to take place in the disciples. And you can almost picture what it would be like and feel it just sitting there and you're looking around at all the other disciples when the wind is picking up and the waves are getting bigger and you're looking at the people who know what they're talking about, you know, beginning to get nervous and you're like, oh, well, if they're nervous, I should probably be nervous. And then that nervous energy begins to settle in and when when water begins to fill the boat, that nervous energy becomes anxiety. What is going to happen? What can I do? I got to get a bucket. I I can control this. I can stop this. And and then after that, it's like, I can't stop this. And anxiety begins to rise up into flat-out fear. What's going to happen? This boat is going to be swamped. And it's just this progression that takes place in the disciples from nervous energy to anxiety to flat-out fear. And they respond in fear, basically, by crying out to Jesus, don't you, don't you care about us? Don't you care that we're going to die? And what's so interesting about this is, but by the word of God recording their words that, don't you care that we are perishing? It wasn't a calm, hey, Jesus, we know you're really tired. We could use some help. It, it was an attack on who he is. Don't you care? We're afraid. And it feels like you don't care. And it reveals this fear, basically. And we know this, different passages like Mark chapter 12, verse 34. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Matthew 15, 18. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And these defile them. You see, so often when we go through difficult seasons of life or hardships or trials, it can feel like this outside circumstance is causing me anxiety and fear. And what this passage is demonstrating is out of the heart they're speaking. 
What's going on here is because they're going through this difficult storm, because they, they've gone through this progression of basically anxiety beginning to well up and turn into fear, what's coming out, what's on display is what is coming out of their heart. It was already there, but now it's on display. You see, by, by being asleep, Jesus is allowing the disciples' hearts to be revealed. The storms didn't cause the anxiety and fear. It revealed the anxiety and fear that was already in their hearts. And when we think about this, we go, why would, why would Jesus allow this to happen? Why would Jesus allow the disciples to feel so out of control? To go through this storm and realize, I can't control the wind, I can't control the waves, I can't control the rain and the thunder and the lightning, and I have this fear coming out of me. Why would Jesus put them in this position where they experience all of these things? And the most clear answer is, because of and out of his deep and intimate love for them. Because the reality is, all of these things were already in their hearts, affecting the way they live and keeping them from a deep and intimate faith in Him. And if they are not brought to the surface, then they will always keep them from a deep and intimate faith in Him. But because of Jesus' deep love for them, He doesn't want them to live with that. And so He allows them to go through this storm so that these things can come to the surface and can be dealt with. They can be repented of. They can be given to the Lord and replaced with a deep and intimate faith. Because, see, Jesus doesn't leave them in this moment of wallowing and being out of control and fearful, but instead he uses this storm as a moment of self revelation to them. It can be so easy for us as we read the Word of God to, to, to read through like the whole New Testament and then you know all of the stories if you've grown up in church and to judge the disciples based on all that we know about Christ and to not remember that this was a slow revelation for them. Up to points like this, they have not seen Jesus command nature. They don't know he can do that. You can imagine when they actually wake Jesus up and say, Jesus, don't you care that we're perishing? They're all imagining different things Jesus can do. The people who are rowing, they're imagining, here you go, Jesus, take an oar. Or the people who have buckets of water, someone's going to throw a bucket at them, like, come on. And they want him to help. And he uses this moment to go, no, 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 I'm not going to help you the way you think I'm going to help you. Instead, he stands up and calms the storm completely. And in this moment, he reveals his sovereign power over creation. I can only imagine just the, the weight of that moment going, the person who is standing in front of me just commanded nature and it obeyed him. You see, Jesus uses this moment to reveal his power, his character, and his care for the disciples. The, the, an image of this is almost like a, a wedding day when a bride is, is walking down an aisle and she's wearing a veil 
And she gets down to the front, and the groom takes her veil, and he lifts it, and you see the beauty of the bride's face. But that's what life with Jesus was like. Just this constant revelation of, oh, that's what you're like. That's what your power is. That's what your love and care for me is. And this moment, basically, this storm, this trial, this hardship, allowed the disciples to feel out of control, to have that anxiety and fear rise up. And then Jesus say, you know your heart that feels exposed right now? I want to speak directly to that. I want to speak to your heart. That's what we see Jesus doing in this passage. But what's so key for us to see is from a hindsight we go, (laughs) Jesus was with them the entire time in the boat. We don't know from the Word of God, it's not recorded, how many minutes they basically strived in the storm before they did call on Jesus. We just know that it was probably a significant amount of time. And it just begs us to ask that same question in our lives. When we go through these difficult trials hardships, these moments in life that cause anxiety to to well up inside of us and fear? How how many of us will will spend hours or days or months focusing on the wind? What can I do to stop the wind? Focusing on the waves and the water. How can I get this to stop? Focusing on what we can try to do in a situation to to, to mediate it or, or stop it or calm it. When the entire time, the sovereign God of creation is in the boat with us, just waiting for us to take our eyes off the wind, off the waves, off the lightning, and tune our eyes into Him. You see, most of us will probably not get caught in a, in a life-changing storm like this out on the water. But each one of us is going to have difficult seasons in life, big and small. And they will cause anxiety to begin to stir inside of our hearts and get bigger and bigger and bigger and turn into this fear and anxiety that rests down on our shoulders and feels like it will crush us. We will all have that at times. Now, I remember last year, I went through this season of physical sickness where every time I ate, I was in pain. And so I stopped eating, and I lost a whole lot of weight. And it lasted for months and months and months, and it was just like this, I am not going to get better. And it was this season of me basically learning how every single day, it was a new day of giving up and giving over my anxiety to the Lord and going, This is outside of my control. And many of you probably do have either physical sickness for you or your kids or a loved one. You might have financial struggles, hardships, relational difficulties. What are the things in your life right now that when you think about them, you feel like you are basically alone sitting in a boat, surrounded by a storm that you cannot control. See, that's what this passage calls us to. 
It calls us to, to, to allow ourselves to, to see this Word of God come alive in our lives and go, we experience that. We experience situations which we cannot control so that we will take our eyes off of the wind, off of the wave, off of the checkbook, off of the physical symptoms, off of the diagnoses, and fix our eyes on Christ, the one who commands nature, the creator of the universe, who is always in the boat with us. The one who has the power to stop every storm in an instant. He does not promise that he will, but he can. And that's what this passage calls us to. It calls us to every moment in life when we have anxiety and fear and worry welling up inside of us to give those things over to the Lord, to take our eyes off of all of the circumstances and paste them on Christ. You see, what this passage wants us to grow in is it wants us to to move past our anxieties and fears and grow in our faith in the sovereign Lord who is always with us. Let's pray. Uh, God, we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you that you recorded so much for us so that your character and your love for us would be revealed to us. We thank you that you do allow these things in our lives so that we can grow closer to you, so that you can remove the fear out of our hearts and lives, remove the anxiety, and replace it with a deep and intimate faith in you. We just ask that today you would give us that boldness and courage to to give over any fear and anxiety we may have in our lives. We just ask that you would deepen our faith and trust in you. We just pray these things in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.